How you doing, John? Steve Spanoff here. Hey, how's it going? Good, my, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just, uh, just heading into work over at TBS. Nice, nice. I'll make this quick for you then, John. Um, let's get right oh, into no it. Rush, no rush. You, got, you got time. Okay, cool, cool. I got you, man. Um, just start starting out. Let's get right into this. Um, who was your biggest influence growing up? Yeah, I know mothers are always uh, a big part of our lives. I know mine was too, as well. So, um, you played multiple positions yeah, in high sure. school. Yeah, yeah. You made a you made, you played multiple positions in high school. Did you always want to play linebacker, or did you have desires to play any other position? You know what? Uh, when I came out of, of high school, I was actually a safety, and predominantly we were in cover th- or cover three feet. So I was in the box. I was a, a, basically an outside linebacker, um, but at I could run well. I had some athletic ability, so playing in the secondary, I was suited for. Even though I was a, I was a big hitter. Um, but I would say that uh, going to University of Miami, one of the main reasons I went is because Sean Taylor was there, who was a big safety uh, who I played against in high school, and I wanted to be the next Sean Taylor. That was my that was my thing. But um, unfortunately, we had a, had a bunch of guys go to the NFL draft that that year um, in 2000. Yeah, I know a lot of safeties make that transition from college to NFL into the linebackers position. I also know um, growing up in, in, in high school, you also played some basketball, some track. Uh, what did you learn from that in your preparation when you, had it, when you were going to Miami U? What, yeah, what, like how did that uh, help you carry you to the next level? Um, 
work extremely hard at it. And then I think with the proper methodology and anything, with the work ethic, you can go out and be successful at it. Yeah, and uh, you see a lot of these athletes, man, and they're like three-letter athletes in high school. They can probably go pro in any one of them most of the time, right? I'm sure you're you're one of the same. Uh, so now you're at now you're at Miami playing for the U. Uh, how is it playing for your hometown? Well, it, it's uh, it's ironic because I actually wanted to leave town, not because um, I wasn't a Hurricane fan. Um, when I became uh, really, really into football in the early '90s my early childhood years, uh, Miami was on probation and Florida State in the 90s was, was kind of it. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to say that I was a Florida State fan uh, growing up, even though you went more about 20 minutes from my, from my house. Um, but after I went through a process, took my, my, my trip and, and, and looked at it um, for what it was, Miami was the, was the best fit for me. Um, and at the time, we explained back-to-back national championship games. Um, and the, the level of talent that was there, the, the, the level of competition, just in, in working out and competing at, with that, and then that translated into uh, practice and putting pads on. Um, I played against some of the best athletes, the best talent every single day. And that was the biggest jump going from high school to the University of Miami as opposed to going from Miami to the pros. It was, it was kind of one of those things where I felt prepared because at you know, going up against these freaks every day can't practice. Yeah, yeah. And you just kind of see where you measure up right away. Yeah, one hundred percent. I know. Growing up, I mean, I had a Charlie Ward uh, poster right on my wall. Man, I was a big Florida State fan too, as well. I, I was more yeah, fan of players, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a deal, huh? Uh, guy was amazing. Guy. guy was amazing. I would love to see Can what he. Imagine if, if, if he went on and uh, at the time, you know, who knows if he would have been allowed to, to play quarterback? You know, maybe he would have made the transition to receiver like a lot of guys. Yeah, back, yeah. Back in the day, when these mobile quarterbacks weren't allowed to play uh, quarterback at that level, but. Um, and see what he did as a basketball player, you know, to your, your point earlier, it didn't matter. He's a superstar, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. Such an exciting player to watch, man. Uh, what was your biggest learning experience in college, and uh, what did you take away from that? My biggest learning experience in college? Um, well, I, I think if, if we were having this conversation my sophomore year, a lot of them were those bubble guys where, yeah, we gave this guy a scholarship and he was highly touted. Um, we don't know if he's going to be the guy. Like, I think a lot of times the guys end up being high draft picks. You, you see those flashes early. But I position, um, you know, maybe this private school kid is, is not you know, the typical Miami guy. Um, but with me, I was so, it's a, the course, and when it was when it was kind of time to come of age, I kind of burst onto the scene um, as, as a linebacker. And you know, I would just say that it's cliche, but you know, don't let someone tell you you, you can't, or um, just because someone perceives you a certain way doesn't mean you have to you know stay stuck in that in that predicament of where you are. You always gonna be that like. My thing was always just to put my head down, work harder than everybody, work when no one's looking, and just give myself the, the opportunity to have success. Um, 
mentality is something that I embrace. And, um, you know, being at the University of Miami with so much competition, um, maybe guys who came in, uh, recruited at a higher level, whatever it is, um, you know, you just kind of stand there and you beat them out because, you know, you put the time in. And that, that was the thing that, that I did. You're essentially making your own success, right? I mean. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that, that's the secret formula. You know, it, it's the, everyone's like, how do you become successful? Like, what is it? Um, and anything that you do, it, it's the same. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. So simple meaning you just have to work harder and longer at whatever it is. It's hard because it, it, it's hard to be consistent at that. Everyone is not willing to make the same sacrifice. That's why everyone doesn't get the same reward. Uh, let's fast forward ahead a little bit to the draft process. You're about to get drafted. What was one of the craziest and weirdest questions you were asked during the combine uh, drafting process? Uh, the craziest question. Um, uh, I, I know you guys get asked crazy questions at times by these. Uh, yeah, we do. These, we do. We do. I think. So. I think a part of a part of the guys get get asked crazy questions. A lot of guys maybe had, had issues. Um, I would say, not necessarily a crazy question, but, um, you know, they kind of catered to your ego. So it was one of those deals where uh, we had a, a brawl between FIU my last year, uh, 2006, first time we were playing them. Um, and I was one of the guys that did not get to it. And there's no footage of me being in the, in the fray. And uh, I can't remember recall which team it was, but they, they said, hey, man, like, you consider yourself a tough guy. You're a team captain. You know, you keep talking about, you know, playing for your teammates and, and giving it up for your teammates. And now all of a sudden it's a fight. And you didn't get suspended. Like, how did that happen? You know, your, your, your teammates are in danger and, and whatnot. And it was, it was funny. It was, wasn't really my... Uh, preference not to be involved in a fight, but by the time I knew it was a fight, um, <laughs> I saw two, I saw two guys. Um, one, one guy was on crutches, had his crutches up, fighting another guy. Oh, kind man. Of, you know, hysterical. But I was actually tired when he just came off the come off the field. Yeah. Um, we got to turn over our offense, score the next play, and I saw guys kind of running off the sideline, and fans were starting to stand up. I had no idea what was going on, and I. I kind of moseyed on to the to the field to what was going on, and that's why I saw you know two guys fighting <laughs> with crutches. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Like I didn't I didn't understand what was going on, and then when you go back and you see the film, what actually transpired was like, man, you know, it, it could have. Uh, if I saw that, I definitely would have been in the fight. So um, they wanted to question what kind of guy I was, kind of toughness, my toughness, and then being a Miami guy, we kind of had that stigma of you know being a little rowdy but we're all we're not all rowdy no you no know, it depends on the not all rowdy definitely all talented yeah, though in my I opinion guy, I, I was purely I told him I was just, I was just fortunate yeah um, you were drafted first round 25, 25th uh, 25th overall how does it feel to be drafted by one of the one of the top draft classes ever to be talked about um, you said how does it feel to be uh, one of the top draft yeah, draft into one of the tro- uh, top draft yeah, classes. I mean, you, you guys know, had some great players yeah, in that draft class. Yeah, you know what? Um, it, it, we talk about it all the time. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Um, when people started, started to talk about what was going on in the, in the league and the trend, um, at the time, you know, in, in, in order, it was Patrick Willis, Morris Timmons, myself, um, Lamar Woodley, um, Paul Flipnuski, just in the, you know, the first 40 picks or so. Um, and we all gone to Pro Bowls. We've all been, you know, top of the market in terms of making money. Um, and... You know, we've had our, we've all had our, our even, I'm sorry, David Harris is in that group too. Yeah. Sorry, David. <laughs> the um, we all kind of um, had our had our time at the top where we were considered like the next big thing or the big thing, all pro players. Um, and just from a linebacker uh, perspective, um, you'd, it'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody, any other class that kind of competes with that. I think it's something we're proud of. Um we're all we're, when we see each other, you know, it's a good good conversation. We're all friendly. Uh, we have a lot of respect for each other, and um, you know, it was just amazing. Everybody had a long career, um, a lot of success. Got some guys went to Super Bowls and but a lot of Pro Bowls. So um, it's definitely something that to be proud about. John, let me tell you, I would love to be a fly at that table when you guys are all sitting around talking, man. I really, I mean, it would be, yeah, it would be an honor to be yeah, uh, at that God, table. Yeah, God, God going out there and, and legitimately getting it done. And, and you know, like, Paul, myself, we, you know, we played in a small market at, at the time. I mean, you know, prior to you know, Cam Newton arriving, um, we, were, we were actually the 25th ranked media market, and I think Jacksonville might have been last, so... You could have been playing well, but you get snubbed by pro-, pro Bowls and whatnot because you don't get those primetime games. Yeah, I yeah. Three primetime games in six years in Carolina, whereas I played in six primetime games in one season with the Giants. Uh, yeah, it's amazing the different markets, right? That go on and how it, how it gets allocated yeah. to the direction. Um, I know injuries have always hurt players throughout their career, and you definitely had some mm-hmm. some injuries to yours. Um, how did you deal with the transition from? The top player to trying to become that again after your injuries. So I think um, what makes great players um, great is because of their competitive nature. Um, it's amazing how when things are kind of going smoothly, going along, you're just doing your thing, going out there, having great games over and over again. It's cool, but but certain guys are wired differently. You know, you're, you're looking for um, that next competitive edge, something to, something to uh, define you, something that um, people most people couldn't do. And in those moments, certain, certain players actually rise up. Like, it makes them even better. Like, the more pressure that was put on me as a player when I made the transition from outside linebacker to middle linebacker to, you know, having to get everybody lined up making the checks and whatnot, um, that in itself made me a better player because there was more on my floor as opposed to just, you know, playing outside linebacker, waiting for somebody else to get me lined up. Here's the preparation, everything changed. So um, I think you get hit with adversity. Um, some people crumble in it, and then other people you stand up and you overcome. Um, and that's the same thing with an injury. Uh, you say, wow, you know, okay, I got hurt. Okay, now what? You know, am I going to feel sorry for myself or no? You know, you get the surgery, now it's time for rehab, and you, you attack it with everything you have. And my my mindset from the very first time I had a big injury, the last injury I, you know, I suffered, was I 
not be who I was. That's what I can tell myself. Mm-hmm. The player I was, the, the level that I played at, the speed, whatever it was, I would not be that player, but I would be better. I would do more. So you go through the process of, of rehabbing, you're cleared, and now, you know, the, the uh, intensity, uh, the attention to detail, the preparation of, of training, the offseason, you're trying to take it to a new level. So that we, there is no, there is no letdown. There is no, oh yeah, he's not who he used to be kind of deal. And that was that was the mentality. So uh, in those situ- in those situations, I, I felt like um, I that part of it I actually enjoyed. Um, you know, the critics saying you're not that guy, not this guy mm-hmm. um, anymore. And I think it always helped me kind of you know push through and never wavering on, on you know my decision or what I thought I would be or if I could be um, the same player, but but. Sometimes you just need that extra fuel to the fire to to push you, and you can always turn that into that, you know, the fuel. That's it. You're exactly right. You, you don't know what, what you can do until you try. A lot of, a lot of people uh, live in this world where um, they say, yeah, you know, that was pretty good, but I didn't really try that hard. Like, um, you know, football wasn't that serious to me. I was great in high school, but I didn't really put the time in. That's why I didn't get a scholarship. Like, they make these excuses of, of yeah. you know, just – Life isn't full of success, you know. Sometimes there's some failure that goes along with that. Yeah, yeah. That's why you appreciate success because you, you have to fail. Yeah. You know what it is. Yeah, you got to hit rock bottom sometimes before you can see the top, you know. Uh, John, let's have yeah. some let's have yeah. some fun, man. Uh, tell me about the funniest locker room uh, moment you've uh, you can remember. Locker room moment, man. There's, there's so many. Man. I know, I know. It's tough to choose this one, right? <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and Sean was a, was a great dude. He fit in. We didn't we didn't haze him or anything like that. 
Um, even though he had to carry pads like we all did. Um, and get, and get lunch on, on Thursdays. <laughs> but, any, but anyways, um, so, uh, at the time, guys were dipping, man. It dip was like, it was in. It was, it was the thing. And, yeah, man. It was like, man, it's, I get home play football. I was a baseball fan. Guys were, guys were dipping in the locker room. So we go in the meeting. Coach says, hey, you got to dip. And, you know, guys to mooch off each other or whatever. So then, um, you know, Sean's in a, in a, peculiar situation where you know you're making good money but you, hey, it's always good to make more money you realize guys around you are making boatloads and you just, you know, you're on his practice squad uh, uh, pay grade and Sean uh, one day got dared to, to dip and then it became like multiple dips where I guess they come in like little individual uh, packages yeah. where you don't have to like, like actually grab it and pinch it you just kind of stick a little bag in your mouth. So we had him. Everybody start putting money in that he would, that he couldn't dip for longer than X amount of time without without uh, spitting it out. <laughs> so he had to so he had to hold it in his mouth. <laughs> uh, and and you know a couple minutes had to pass before um, he would get the money. So everybody started putting money in, and then when the money started to really grow, it it became really really fun. So Sean was like all about it. So I think we're getting ready for a game on a Saturday. We're getting ready to travel. So we're hanging out, and, and this bet just just came uh, came up. And Sean is uh, <laughs> Sean is sorry. I'm looking for a parking spot. No, go right ahead, man. Sean is standing there, and he's starting to smile, and everyone's watching, and guys got their phones out. There's no social media at the time, and. Uh, or posting, I should say. Yeah, yeah, the good old and days. And he started to smile, and then he started to sway, and the next thing you know, he just fell. <laughs> he just fell down. <laughs> yeah, he just fell down, and the dip came out, and uh, we still gave him the money, but he didn't, he didn't make the time. <laughs> but, uh, sure enough, he, he, you know, big, strong guy, oh, yeah, what's this? <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. That tobacco laid him down. It was, it was, uh, it was funny. I'm glad he got the money, though. I'm I'm gl- <laughs> you know, but everybody's throwing in, you know, twenty, forty, hundred bucks. Pot got big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the money, the money definitely matters at that point. Um, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. The the game has definitely changed today. It seems to me that the NFL moves more and more towards an offensive game. What challenges do defensive players today face compared to the when you were first on Carolina? Came in, you know, the Patrick Woods, uh, Lawrence Timmons. 
this, and I will all kind of, even Paul can run, David Harris can run, we're all kind of the same kind of guy, like a three-down linebacker, we can do it all. And the game has changed. It's more three, four wide receiver sets, and they're trying to isolate guys when they can get matchups. Um, hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, one of the girls from CBS is calling home. Yeah, no problem. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, sorry about that. No problem, John. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah. So I think what, what has happened is that um, it's all about matchups, and that's how coordinators um, game plan offensively and coordinators game plan defensively. Like, who's the guy that can wreck the game for us? Like, if you're the Jets and uh, AJ Green is on the field and he gets 13 targets and you let him catch 12, he's the guy that can wreck the game. You can't allow him to, to, to have 13 uh, um, targets because he shouldn't be open. We should be rolling coverage. We should be jamming. We should be doubling. We should be doing things to make sure that A.J. Green cannot wreck the game for us. But nevertheless, he did. So that's how you that's how you game plan. And I think um, the trend is with the rules, they want to see more, more points. That's why they've, they've made it harder on us and easier on the offense. Um, and, and even now, you, you ask Dan Marino, you know, when he threw for four or 5,000 yards, it was like guys were getting decapitated. Meanwhile, nowadays, an average guy throws for four, four, 4,500 yards, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, everyone's doing it now because of the rules. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's definitely changed. It's unfortunate, but, um, you know, the game is growing, so I guess the league is doing something, something right. All right, John, I know you got a new career. I'll wrap this up for you, too, pretty quick. i got a few more questions. I, I just want to talk to you about your, your new career and how you transitioned from the field to the studio. Um, what is different in your preparation? Uh, well, uh, it's, this part is simple. Um, you have 16 games that I could potentially have to talk about, know about. I need to know coordinators. I need to know schemes. I need to know players. I need to know backup players who are injured. Um, I need to know how they match up against the opposing team. And that's all fine. When I was playing, it was one game. It was one team. Not two offenses, if it's just one game that I'm watching, but just one offense. We're going up against the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees and company, blah, blah, blah. Sean Payton's calling it. And you know these guys. And then you're looking for tendencies, and you're trying to give yourself the best opportunity to steal a play um, throughout the course of a game and also do your job. And have, and have some level of success, and hopefully, based on what you do, doing your, your job at a high level, you win the game. Now, I have to know 16 games, and I, and I have to have that same type of approach where I know enough about what's going on, the matchups, um, the keys to victory, what they have to do, what they did poorly the week before. So preparation is drastically different. <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine. And, you know, knowing where these guys are to college, and, 40 times. I mean, all these little uh, tidbits that would help you uh, once you get up there. Because if you if you know it, like you really really know it, like the back of your hand when you're when you're up there and you're sitting at that desk and someone asks you a question, it's natural and you say it with conviction as opposed to saying. Uh, 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 uh. So that's been the biggest transition, I would say. Um, though I love talking about football, being an overall fan of the game, listening to you know NFL serious radio all the time now reading all the stories, the blogs, just trying to get as much information um, that I can retain so that I have that knowledge and I possess it when I'm on the desk. 
yeah, it's definitely more of a mental game than it is a physical in that sense, right? I mean, <laughs> not really hitting the gym or practice yeah. field in that one, you know? Um, yeah, but you just try to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare the same way, you know, the same intensity, just do it in a different, in a different uh, facet. Yeah, you still got to attack it, of course. Um, I know you're big into charity. I'll wrap it up with this question right here. I know you're big into charity. Um, tell me some of the charities you're involved with and, uh, and let's talk a little bit about those. John, thank you so much, man. Steve Spain up for uh, BackSportsPage.com. Speaking with John Beeson. It's been a pleasure, John. I really look forward to uh, seeing how you're going to do on uh, in the studio, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. And uh, make, make me look good. Uh, 100%. 100%. You, you do that yourself, though. I don't have to do much at all, man. You know? <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you be good, buddy.